0: Hey there, folks. You ever do eight minutes of a podcast and then realize that you didn't select the uh, external microphone button? So then when you start to play it back to pick up where you left off, all of a sudden you're like, why is the sound so, why is the sound quality so bad? And you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't select external microphone. So my laptop was using its crappy microphone. Well, that just happened to me. <laughs> oh man sometimes life blows well it's all right round two usually the second third time through telling a story it ends up you actually end up being a little bit smoother and and it flows a little better so hopefully that's the case here anyways uh first and foremost quick apology for not being uh on time my tardiness this week with my episode I am, uh, but I, I, I resulted to say better late than never. I, I missed my deadline and I thought, dang it, just next week, just next week. And then I was like, you know, better late than never. I think that that shows a little bit more that that shows better to say, look, I'll just, I'll just be a little late this week and come back to it. So anyways, I want to lead this episode off with whole Finn. Hey. hey. Hold on, two seconds, guys. My dog just got real excited. He's got to go bark at somebody. Um, he's stoked. Goodness, nothing can go smoothly. I'm using the wrong, the wrong uh, microphone setting, or all of a sudden my dog needs to sprint outside. I don't know. Sorry about that. So, anyways, <clears throat> I'm gonna start, gonna lead off with a little, a uh, couple little tidbit. Uh, stories about my uh late grandpa um that i find freaking hilarious so first and foremost um grandpa did die uh january 2nd of this year so he made it in 2019 and what i like to say is he saw he was like yeah i'm over this stuff is out of hand and i'm out (laughs) not really he had a weak heart and he had been dealing with um dealing with that a lot recently and uh and it was one of those things where it's like he could have he could have died six, eight months ago, or he could have died when he did, or he could have died, he could have lasted another year or two, made it to like 2020. Um, it was just like, you know, we didn't know it was kind of a crapshoot. And he was he was kind of ready to go at any time. So that's how it happened. However, his last meal, the way his last meal unfolded the night before he died in his sleep, um, was so funny. Uh has me has me rolling. So because it's really funny if you know my grandpa, but just give you a little bit of context. He was the kind of guys like he, he he didn't like to wait around. He wasn't going to wait around. It's like when he was ready to go, when he was ready to do something, it was, it was time to go. And so, um, anyways, the last few months, he's like someone, my aunt, my dad, whoever have been going over to uh, check on him every day and just hang out with him, make sure he's taking his meds. He's doing all right. Um, and my aunt was out of town, so my dad had been doing it. And every night, he'd been taking him over supper, and or he'd do that around five. Well, then he... Um, one one night, this would have been New Year's Day, my my dad gets over there. He gets over there at right about five, and he has some some food that my mom had cooked. And he walks in to see my grandpa sitting there um, on, his, on the last bite of his roast beef sandwich holding an Andy's mint shake from Arby's. Uh, And my dad just kind of goes, what the heck? What are you doing? He's like, well, I was hungry. I was ready to eat. So I uh, decided to go get some Arby's. And he's like, okay, even though you knew that my dad was going to come over and you didn't think to say, because by the way, he did, he he was good with texting and calling. And so it's like, he could have done it. You didn't didn't think to be like, oh yeah, let me just shoot him a text or a call saying, hey, I'm going to go get Arby's. But also like if he was going to be going places, he needed to either be accompanied or we needed to know about it just because if something were to happen. But (laughs) best part about this is um, my dad walks in, my grandpa he's in, he's in like his pajama pants and a t-shirt, nothing else. And my dad goes, well, did you wear a coat? Because a little bit of context here, January 1st. And it's like 26 degrees outside. And he goes, no. And he's like, what about some pants? And he's like, well, no, he goes, what shoes did you wear? And my grandpa so sneakily says, Oh, uh, I don't remember, which is code for Nope, not at all. Went barefoot. So this 91 year old man went out in 26 degree weather in his very thin pajama pants and a t-shirt, no shoes to go get, to go get him some Arby's because he was hungry and ready to eat. (laughs) Oh my gosh. For the and oh, it's just so classic. And uh, so my, my dad was just a little like, what the heck? Because it's like, what can you do at that point? <laughs> but he got his Arby's. Um and then um that night and this that actually the next morning he um uh, he passed into sleep so peacefully. So I mean couldn't ask for anything better. Um he's up in heaven with my grandma now, celebrating. Um she she beat him by 18 years up there, but um they're up there now, and so I'm happy for him. It's his time to go. He's ready to go. I mean, he was really limping along. He got to see the last Christmas, but I won't drag on too long. So that's that's that that's the funny quirky story of like the death of my grandpa. And then something else that was awesome about it was he had his obituary written and his funeral completely planned out for like the last twelve to fifteen years. I don't know the exact date, but around that time, like early two thousands is when he like planned it all out, got it all like legally done, and then submitted it to the um and then, uh, like, gave it to the funeral home guy and stuff. He even tried to pay for it, which they, they wouldn't let him do. Um, but his, in his funeral plans, we, we, when we were looking at him, we actually had to go through. And we were, like, crossing out people left and right because we were, like, oh, he outlived them, outlived them, outlived them. Like, <laughs> they're dead. They're gone. So he outlived most of the people in his funeral. Like, uh, four of the five speakers, uh, they had already died. So I thought that was uh, pretty hilarious. Uh, really entertaining, actually. But, you know, it's still, it's still sad and mournful. I don't mean to like necessarily make too much, too, too light of my grandpa, but grandpa was a fun guy. And it was like, I'm celebrating his life. He lived an awesome long life. Got to see great grandkids and grandkids. And he had to be my, he had to be at my wedding. So I, I, I'm, I don't, I didn't have anything unfinished business with him, um, as he left. So not worried about, but Anyways, fast forward a couple months to now and they're they're finally they're still sorting through all this stuff find his birth certificate. What do they see? They notice that he has been spelling his middle name wrong his entire life. And not only not only just him, but <laughs> what are the odds on this, right? He decided to make it a tradition to pass down said wrongly spelled middle name to the first born so my dad which is my dad so my dad has the misspelled middle name and then my oldest brother misspelled middle name <laughs> we have three generations who are spelling it wrong tradition built on lies. <laughs> it's a house built on sand the foundation is not solid oh my gosh But my dad, we had a birthday dinner for my dad and my mom, and he showed us the picture and told us about this. And oh, all I could do is laugh. It's like, this is incredible. This is right up my grandpa's alley. So incredible. So hilarious. Absolutely awesome. But I'm guessing kind of what happened to give you. So his middle name was Alan, A-L-L-E-N, spelled like that. That is how he spelled it. Um, Found out that is not how my great grandpa wanted it spelled. I um, guess I don't think that's. Uh, I guess that's not how the Norwegians did it. So, uh, yeah, he on the birth certificate, the the doctor had initially written A L L E N Allen, Alan, like it's spelled, and my great grandpa crossed it out and went above it and wrote A L L A N. That's how it's spelled, which then just opens up a whole box of questions, a Pandora's box of like, wait a minute. So if It was a L L a N that means like you have to assume that my grandpa at some point had spelled it that way or knew it was supposed to be spelled that way, but then maybe it got lost. Now he was the youngest of nine and it's like trying to manage that and worrying about middle name spelling maybe wasn't like, maybe they didn't have the time or the bandwidth to be able to like really worry about that um, outside of maybe when he's first learning to spell. But then that let me let us to think like at some point later in life did he look at his birth certificate, see it was spelled wrong, either before or after he'd already passed it down at least one generation, if not two, two, and find out oh it's actually spelled a l l a n, and then just make the call like, well I've already been doing it for twenty some thirty some odd years, so why stop now and just said <laughs> forget it, oh man. I kinda hope that some part of me hope that's the case and that he just decided to like, yeah, I'm not gonna even worry about that. But who knows? Who knows? But a little tidbit about my family, especially specifically my quirky grandpa who I loved and was absolutely awesome. And I hope I can be half as cool as him with all the all the shenanigans that he did. But to move into a little bit of what I want to talk about today, it's gonna be a little bit more sports related because um if you don't follow sports um, you don't know, but if you do, you you see that the NFL is a whirlwind right now with free agency and trades. Oh, my gosh. The Browns look like they have a chance. <sighs> like, what in the world is happening? Odell Beckham to the Browns, and they now have Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. Like, By all means, on paper and in Madden, that team that team will be good. Something I've not s- said or thought and ever really. I mean, the last time maybe the Browns were even close to good. I was a small child, but it's like, pfft. anyways, mind is blown. Um, the Eagles brought back to Sean Jackson's, which is kind of nostalgic for me. And I I'm excited because it's kind of the missing piece that we didn't really have. I mean, Alshon is a deep threat, but not in the same sense. Like Deshaun's is just a, that speed demon, that outside guy that can fly up the field. And so kind of completes our offense a little bit more, but anyways, the, so the NFL is wild. Um, things been, things have been, I can't even keep up with it anymore. I mean, the Ravens are just letting people go, but then now they're picking people back up. They just got Earl Thomas. Um, but, um, if you follow sports at all, I mean, I'm sure you've got all these updates. So it's not going to do you anything to to talk about this. Um, the, the one story I do want to talk about is an interesting one, and it's actually shifting to basketball, and it brings up an interesting dynamic that uh, that we see in sports that I think probably needs to be addressed. Um, just given the, the the stat the state of of how things are in general in sports, as far as with social media and everything now, and how that dynamic has changed. Really, I think it's something, um, so if you don't know what happened, so the Thunder were playing at the Jazz a few nights ago, and um, Russ Westbrook was on the bench, and then there was a guy sitting sitting courtside right near the bench, and he started, he was kind of heckling Russ. Russ was standing up, and he was heckling Russ, heckling Russ. Well, the video that emerged is, um, I guess he heckled him, and Russ kind of acknowledged it um, because something had been said. And just from my general knowledge about Russell, he's not one to initiate with fans, and he usually um, will just ignore. However, there have been instances where it gets where where I say the fan kind of crosses a line and gets too personal. Because um, it's one thing to kind of heckle him, talk about his game or whatever, but it was like sometimes, a lot of times, people attack them personally and or know things about their, their personal life and and bring that out, and it's like that's just that's not okay. But. <clears throat> um that's just from my my observations of of Russell Westbrook he's not one to lash out unless it crosses that certain line and he'll just um but he, he he's not one to like jump at a fan or like just start cursing out a fan but it's like a fan once has stepped onto the court and been in his face when he was trying to walk to the tunnel and it's like that's not okay um but I, anyways I, want, I don't want to get too sidetracked about that <clears throat> what happened was um, so then you see this video after the game emerge and it's Russell saying, he's, he's saying, I'll F you up. I'll F you up. I like, I swear, like he's sitting there and he's just repeating saying he, he's going to F you up. He's going to F you up. And then he goes, you and your wife. I'll, I'll, I'll F you both up. And I swear, I swear, I swear. And sits down and he's getting, he, you see him talking to the security guard and then gesturing back at the, the direction of the guy, um, in the video, which is kind of towards the camera. And, <clears throat> So this got a lot of controversy. It's like, what in the world happened? And so then after after the game, because this happened t- late in the game, it's like those that's that's really aggressive for him to just be sitting there saying that. Like so for me, I say, wow, like that person must have said something terrible and not left him alone. Um, some people I'm sure thought, like, whoa, he needs to calm down because he does have a history of last year in the playoffs some fan like st- shoved their phone in his face and he like swatted at it because he was walking back in the tunnel it's like all right guys one thing to like take a video and say something but it's another thing to like to like put your phone in his face and i'm sure be heckling some nonsense so uh historically the utah jazz have just super aggressive um fans and like the things that they will say, like there's, there, it's no holds bar. like they will attack you any way, anyhow. Um, they are some of the most ruthless fans heckling wise, which kind of surprised me because I was like, it's Mormon country, but then I thought about it a little bit more and I was like, that actually kind of makes a little bit more sense. Um, more so in this case, but so, so, so that exchange takes place and that's all that the internet sees is of course that side. So, uh, my first thought as a reasonable person is like, all right, um, I wonder what was said to him. I wonder what the full exchange was. Well, fortunate for us, both people got interviewed. Both the fans sitting courtside, he got a post game interview with ESPN, and then Russ always, you know, gets an interview. He actually forewent any questions and he just talked about the video. It's a very interesting statement. Um, he was saying, uh, you know, what the what the guy had said was get back on your knees like you're used to, and if you guys follow sports, I'm sure sure you understand this. I've uh, heard this news, but anyways, basically some, some, some racially uh, Russ claims some racially, um, some racist comments were made at him. And that's when he was like, yeah, no, that's not okay. That's like, and this guy was cursing at him and then his wife even jumped in and that's what prompted him to say you and your wife, I'll left you both up. Um, but then he quickly clarified in the post game interview that he wouldn't, ne- he has never laid his hand on a woman. He will never lay a hand on a woman, which, Um, I do respect him and appreciate him for, for actually clarifying on that. Um, I think that was a heat of the moment thing. Just, he was like, Oh, you're jumping in on this. You too. Um, But in my opinion, it's like, if (laughs) there's, there's some point when you become so, what you're saying is so vulgar, your, your gender doesn't matter. Now in the sense of, I don't think it warrants being beat up, but it's like, you need to be held accountable in some way, shape or form. Um, given that, that specific scenario, anyways, he, he he does the interview and says like, look, he said some outrageous, not okay things. He's like, what do you expect me to do? He's like, we need protection for the players because the fans need to be held more accountable. Um, because they can get away with saying these things and all they'll get is a warning. They won't even be kicked out. He's like, they, they need to be held more accountable. We're told to just sit back and dribble. And he didn't really say all this, but this is kind of the, I'm just continuing the thought process, right? Like the players are supposed to be there and they, I mean, it's one thing to get heckled a little bit, but then like you, you have personal attacks like this that are race based and, um, that are, they're, they're not okay in any circumstance. Um, I like how Shannon Sharp put it. He's like, he's like, he goes now, now what if I went to Starbucks and I just started berating the barista telling them like, you know, your, your family's trash, you're trash. You're never going to be anything. You're a whack human being, you know, actually saying like mean stuff or saying even racist stuff to them. It's like, they would kick me out and maybe even call the cops and I would probably get arrested. It's like the same scenario, like the same rules. And that, that provides a, a visual for like, oh, like yeah, that is not okay. Now this is unique in the sense that like that type of be- like a heckling type of behavior isn't encouraged really in any other workplace. But the point he was making is like this, that is like the basketball game is their 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 place of work. They're doing their job, and so he was just trying to provide a little bit of perspective. And like you wouldn't go into anybody else's job and just be if you had this type of behavior in any other scenario, like you're gonna be probably arrested at least kicked out not welcome back um but anyway so russ you know kind of elaborated on his side of the story then then a couple teammates jumped in to actually back his story and corroborate like yes this is what happened this is like his his actions we we're right on board with him you start attacking a man personally and disrespecting him and his family um which in this specific instance i don't know if they said anything about his family but um they definitely disrespected him personally It's like, I, I, I personally don't, I have zero problem with him jumping, snapping back at him, but uh, the ESPN then interviewed the courtside fan. And now this is where things got a little fishy. So it's like, you always know there's gonna be two sides of a story and one side, you know, and and they may differ a little bit, but you should see crossover in certain things. And to give you perspective, if you haven't seen the video, he had um, hot packs on his knees while he's on the bench. To keep his knees warm from stiffening up. Anyways, this guy's sitting there, and he and he he paints this picture. I don't remember verbatim, but he basically he paints this picture of I was just sitting there. My wife was sitting there with her hands in her lap. She never said one word. Um, and I, all I told him was he and he he explains on the context. He's like Russ got up and was all fired up and and cussing at Joe Ingalls because I guess there was a play where Joe had um, incidentally poked Paul George in the, in the eye. And he and and his teammates were trying to calm him down. And all I said was, Hey, why don't you sit down and ice your knees, bro? And he said, That's not ice, it's heat. And then from there it escalated. So basically he's saying, I just made one small little comment, like, hey, why don't you sit down? And he corrected me. And then from there, see, from there, all of a sudden, like basically jumped to video of Russell saying he's gonna F me my wife up. And that's that's where I get skeptical. That's where I'm like, uh, like anytime you paint the picture of like, I'm just innocent me sitting there, like I didn't do anything at all. Like you don't even provide a little bit of leeway, like, ah, this is where I kind of could have provoked him, you know, maybe I didn't mean to kind of scenario. But he's like, no, I didn't do anything at all, painting the perfect little angel picture. And it's like, you know, it's like when two little kids get into an argument or a scuffle or something, and the teacher is like getting each side of the story, and it's, and they're both like painting them as, painting themselves as like a, a an angel and I was just a victim. I did nothing wrong. And you're like, okay, yeah, really? But I'm sure you did something. Um, that that's kind of the, the mindset I went on this when I, when I saw that post game interview, I was like, that's interesting. Well, here's where like the social media and the internet as an interesting factor. So people start digging on his Twitter. Um, dude is apparently diehard Trump supporter. Um, and not in the good way, mega guy. And so then of course people are like, yep, he's racist. Um, and then people even people took it a little too far and like, was like, Oh, he's, he, he loves to kill innocent animals too. Look at him. He hunts and he's taking a picture with this, this dead elk. And I'm like, all right, let's keep things in, in context here. And now I think there are certain, like just purely trophy hunting don't necessarily agree with, but hunting is a necessary, um, ecological, uh, part of the environment. Like it, but I'm not gonna get into that before. So that was a stretch. For, I'm not gonna do that today. That was a stretch for me to think about, or when people were bringing it up, it's like, all right, let's actually like reel it back in a little bit. But anyways, he had some tweets um, from years past where he was telling, where like he actually has a personal vendetta against Russell Westbrook as a player. You know, he's saying he's classless. Someone needs to beat him up. Hashtag MAGA. And I'm like, and that's when I knew it's like, all right, this dude's a crazy. Like when you start just inserting that hashtag into things that have nothing to do with that hashtag then it starts to beg the question like "Mm, is this guy like possibly like does he have some sort of racial prejudice or is he whatever and you know you start to kind of question this guy's like motives and morals and um but you know still trying to keep it in perspective and not jump to too, too too bad of conclusions but um then he had some tweet where he dropped an in bomb not at Russell Westbrook but just used it and it's like all right yeah this guy uh, this guy's not that great not that great at all which then if really if anything if nothing else it just it it kind of collapses his his story he told it's like yeah you probably weren't that cordial and it was probably you probably weren't that innocent in this um, and the nice thing about all this is there were tons of people around who witnessed this and can cor- and can corroborate either one of the stories. Well, like we said, we had the teammates who are on Russell's side saying, yes, he said that, and that's not okay. But then the jazz do an investigation. They ban him for life. Um, they obviously don't go into details, but I'm sure, um, I'm sure it was much, the things were much closer to what Russell side of the story said, if not exactly what he, um, he 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 reported that this man said to him, which is a racially charged statement, um, rather than what the fan had said in the post game interview about how the exchange went, so he is permanently banned from that arena for life. um Russ did get fined twenty five thousand for um using obscenities and vulgarities toward directly towards a fan, which you know. <clears throat> Which, like I said, I was I was not against him responding the way he did to a personal racial attack, but I can get why the NBA would fine him for that because that just that just breaks conduct. But it's just like you know it's kind of kind of dropping the bucket, not a big deal. He didn't get a game suspension or anything. Um, but I'm, I'm it, it was interesting to see play out because it 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 brings up the bigger question of. This relationship between like the professional athletes and the fans, um, and, and this culture that, it, that is, com- uh, competition in sports and it's okay. We have, we have this, uh, this relationship where it's part, almost part, part of the culture is, you know, the fans heckle the opposing team. They boo them. Um, you know, they may be trying get in their head a little bit. Um uh, like there's, I know there's one guy, um, You know, like the guy people distracting during free throws doing different things, or they're just just, just yelling at them to try and get divert their intention. Um, or even, you know, heckling about their game, like you can't dribble or whatever, you can't do this, you're you're whack. Um and, and that and that's one thing, you know, I think that's all part of the friendly competition. But in some cases and a lot more, we see there's a standard that the athletes are held to, which I can get because they are on like a global stage, like a national stage at the very least and their, their eyes everywhere. And today's social media culture, it's like, everybody's ready to video or snap a picture. So be cautious. And it's like, they're, they're expected to conduct professionally and, um, not, not get caught up in the mix of the banter with the fans. Like to an extent, but to focus and play their game. And I'm sure, and honestly, they don't want to get mixed up in it. So they just ignore it or whatever, move on about their day. And I think that's totally reasonable. But then you have these situations like this where people take it way too far. They, 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 they start throwing personal dirt into the mix, talking about people's families. And it's like, that's totally uncalled for. That crosses the line. And what we haven't seen enough of, though, is when that line gets crossed, Um, intervention on behalf of security, whether it's the team security or the arena security, um, but actually taking steps to a, they always issue a verbal warning with a card and it's like, it's like, Hey, your conduct's not okay. You need to watch it. And then, you know, if it continues or whatever, then get him kicked out. And I don't think we've seen that policed heavily enough. Now, I know it's a lot harder because it's like you only have a handful of like these players that you have to manage, but then you have thousands of fans. But um, a lot of times in these instances, it's pretty easy to pick out who it was. So, you know, in my mind, that man should have been escorted out immediately and not allowed to finish the game. Because (laughs) if you're not aware in Madison square garden, the owner of the Knicks, some guy told him, Hey, you should sell the team. I'm sure he didn't say it like that. He was heckling. He was saying, sell the team. Um, And, owner didn't like that and ban the dude for life see now that's an interesting point of contention for me too because I'm like I don't know if that actually warrants a ban just because you didn't like the guy like a personal vendetta on that sense but also I don't know if the guy you know if you're gonna yell at the owner of the team you have to understand he has that type of power and so it's like maybe not gonna yell that at him but you know it is what it is that one's kind of a toss-up for me but the other ones like what happened with Russell Westbrook I, I think it I think it brings to the forefront uh, a bigger conversation of like we need to as fans and they do have a policy for the fans specifically fans sitting courtside too is like we need to lock down and tighten up on a, on this policy so that it's properly managed and that we're not just holding the players to a certain standard and responsibility but the fans are being held to that and that's actually there's there's actually action being taken and steps being taken to make sure that they're holding up that standard. And uh you know I think it's it's a it's a more of an issue maybe in a market like the Utah Jazz where there there's history. I mean going back going back 10, 15, 20 years where it's like these fans are ruthless. And like you know it's one thing to be like oh their roots is like they're booing me constantly and they're they're banning, you know, they're heckling me. But their history is one of personal attack. And that's where it's like if you have that kind of history like you need to lock that down with 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 our outrage culture and the social media culture and everything like that and i don't know just how things are shifting culturally within the sports realm with social media and players openness and willingness to talk and everything's being recorded i think it needs to be tightened up and buttoned down a little bit but uh that that's kind of my my take on that story, and I'm sure you've all heard, you know, the facts and details about it all, but definitely a very interesting story, um, one that brings a bigger conversation to light. So <clears throat> curious to know, I mean, uh, you guys' thoughts on the 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 fan player relationship and, and kind of that line of like where the heckling become, you know, is taken too far um with personal attacks or or so, you know, where, where fun starts being <clears throat> starts being too real and you know it's all fun and games till someone gets hurt it's all fun and games till someone p- does a personal attack but anyways that's where I'm gonna close things out for today hope you guys enjoyed it um i honestly could have done a whole podcast about my uh my dead grandpa and all the interesting stories around him um and I, but i might i might save some of those stories and tell them next week but <clears throat> sorry for the late late starting in once again today guys i hope you uh, enjoy the podcast. Give me a like, subscribe, whatever, um, however you're listening. And feel free to hit me up on Twitter uh, at The Rambling Viking. Until next week, adios.